Welcome. Good morning, afternoon, evening to all of you wonderful ladies, gentlemen, and everyone else listening. This is the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a podcast bringing you breaking news and analysis of the Kansas City Royals every Monday and Friday as part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming back. As I have come back, uh, we got some nice responses from Monday's episode this week after such a long break. Good to be back, and of course, just in time for you know the season to end. So we're probably not going to have any more Friday episodes for a while as we wind down in the off season. I think I'm just going to make this a Monday only podcast. So enjoy the final Friday episode, which has no nothing special about it whatsoever because there's frankly not too much to talk about because the Royals played three really miserable lousy games so um yeah the I, I don't I have like a specific concrete plan for the offseason right now but I do think that I'll just keep going weekly we'll keep doing episodes every Monday until basically we run out of major topics to talk about and then it by by the time we come to like December or so I think it'll be just a monthly podcast outside of, you know, big things happening. Like, let's say, fingers crossed, the Royals make a pretty big free agent signing. We'll talk about that pretty much as it happens. Or maybe I'll just wait until the uh, the, the next Monday for that episode to happen. I'll, I'll keep it to Mondays. I'll, I'll try to keep it as scheduled, as regular as possible. But frankly, we're not going to have... I, I don't think I'm going to have <laughs> something to talk about every single week. Um... You know, because there's no baseball being played. So, um, I mean, I, I I will have lots of things to talk about. I think we'll do lots of, like, season reviews. Uh, like, like I've got, like, player analyses that I want to talk about. Maybe, like, free agent profiles. Although, I kind of want to do that for written content. That's a that's going to be a big thing. That's going to be a big goal for me this offseason. I want to do written content, especially because the Fans First Sports Network has a website where... um written content can be posted. So I'm going to be really planning on doing stuff on there. I'll be posting on the Royals subreddit, maybe like testing some article or write-up ideas over there first. R slash Casey Royals, shout out to everybody over there. That's That's a big part of my listener base right there. And yeah, it's just going to be a little bit quiet for a while. And then we will get to spring training and then it'll probably go back to at least a weekly format. And then next season... I think that we'll get back to uh, business as usual every Monday and Friday. So thank you once again for listening. Thanks for checking out this podcast. I'm Lux, by the way. You can check me out at the MF and KC for whatever nonsense I've got going on in my personal life. Although I keep failing to update that because I've got like four Twixer accounts. So uh, check that out and maybe someday I'll remember to post something interesting there. If you don't care at all, Royal Deluxe Pod is the podcast Twitter for much more baseball content and analysis, more in the moment kind of stuff over there. So keep up with that for whatever I might be doing in the winter as we run out of baseball games to talk about. And also make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on so that you can get episodes delivered straight to your mailbox at home. Please reply with your um, specific home address as well as uh, the uh, 16-digit number on your credit card and the three numbers on the back, because I am uh, I kind of need them. All right, I'll stop being silly. Uh, although, what else? Is, is there is there a way to talk about the Royals without getting a little silly about it? I should I I felt bad 
after I uploaded the episode on Monday because I was talking about the Royals very positively, mentioned how they had won 10 of their last 11, including a three-game sweep of the of the Astros, a 5-1 and one head-to-head record with the Astros against that time. And I was really happy about that because I don't want, I don't like the Astros. I want to see the Astros fall. I want to see the Mariners take their spot in the playoffs. And I'm thinking, great job, Royals. And I and I said something dangerous. And I I I felt bad because I didn't add any kind of warning or whatever. I said the Royals have to go just three and three in order to avoid tying their franchise worst record of 56 and 106. They just need to they just need to go 500 for the last 6 games against the Tigers and the Yankees, something that seems completely doable. They are just about 500 teams. I mean, if they're going to beat up on the Astros, an active playoff team, then that seems like a, a doable uh, sort of task for them. And I should have mentioned, I, I felt bad immediately after I uploaded that, that episode. I'm like, wait a minute. Every time I say something optimistic, the exact opposite happens. Every single time this year, I have not learned my lesson. I am so sorry. Every time this season i say hey this could be a, a good sign for the royals things could be getting better here hey we're playing a, we're playing this team that's not very good we can totally beat these guys we can have a pretty good week a pretty good weekend and then the royals will play the worst baseball you've ever seen immediately after like i will say something complimentary about the royals i will say something optimistic about the royals and then they swing in the opposite direction so violently and viciously, it feels like a direct attack on me. It feels like they, they were actively against me, and they're just like, nah, screw that Lux guy. We're not going to do what he says. <laughs> Losing baseball games to own the libs. That's what the Royals are up to. That's what they've been up to for most of this season. So, of course, after I say the Royals just have to go 3-3 three and three in order to avoid a franchise worse, they get swept by the Tigers. They got swept by the freaking Tigers. Three pretty awful games in general. Like, they went from playing really good baseball to really terrible baseball. I mean, losing losing three games to the Tigers is bad enough. But, I mean, none of these games were good. The best one was on, like, Tuesday where they only lost 6-3. to three. Yippee. Um, Tuesday, well... Not not Tuesday. I already said Tuesday. Wednesday, they didn't finish their game, and they might as well have not. They uh suspended the game. They were already losing four to nothing. They put it on hold and came back the next day to, and completed the rest of the game. They didn't restart it or anything. They just they just took it and continued it. They may as well have just erased it or ended the game right when that delay happened because nothing good happened after that they 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 went from losing 4 to nothing to losing 8 to nothing the royals could have just forfeited and it would have been a a better outcome it would have been more beneficial to everybody but instead uh someone insisted on playing the entire rest of the game i mean i, I guess it's you know they they always say you should never give up but sometimes i like conserving my effort Sometimes I, I I know when to quit while I'm ahead and just think, you know what, there's nothing good that's going to come out of this, so I'm going to stop. It's not, I mean, sure, you can call me defeatist or whatever, you can call me cowardly, but 
I like to think that I just got better things to do in my life than, uh, you know, I don't know, continue working on something that just actively hurts me. That's how I felt about that game. It's like, why, why did we even bother? What are we doing here? And then there was a second game played on Thursday. And I, w- I was really hoping maybe they, the Royals can at least win this game. I, w- I was at least thinking the Royals can win one game in this Tiger series. Because Cole Reagans was pitching this game. So Cole Reagans is as l- he's going to give us as much of a chance of winning this game as any pitcher possibly could. Okay, he's not just the best pitcher on this team. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball in general. So I was really looking forward to this. I'm like, all right, Cole Reagan's day, last Cole Reagan start of the entire season. We got we're gonna end this with a bang. We lost two games, but we're gonna we're gonna make things right with this third game. And you know, Reagan's pretty much did his job. He went six innings and only gave up one run. Good for him. But then he comes out for the seventh inning. And, you know, I see people like really criticizing Q for doing that, for saying, like, why is Reagan's coming back out for the seventh inning? But here's the thing Reagan's was at how many pitches was it? I had it just open on Savant and I had like 12 tabs open. What was it? Um, he was at 78 pitches. He threw 78 pitches in six innings. And I, I, I apologize. I said he gave up one run. No, he didn't. He had six scoreless innings in 78 pitches. Like, honestly, frankly, I don't see why you wouldn't bring him back out. You're you're already winning three to nothing, and you know your bullpen sucks. And you, again, it's your best pitcher. You know that you're getting quality from this guy. This isn't just some weird lucky start that he's giving you. He's giving you his best on this day, pretty much. All right, so specifically to this point, Cole Reagans' day is six innings pitched, three hits, two walks, eight strikeouts, zero runs on 78 pitches. He's cruising. So, yeah, you bring him out for the seventh inning. I think that's just what you do. Any manager would do this. Literally, any manager would do this. There's no reason to not do this, frankly. Unless your bullpen is really, really good, which the Royals, it isn't. So he comes back out for the seventh. Immediately gets a ground ball out. I I think. Maybe a fly ball out. He gets an out. Doesn't matter. So great. Awesome. And then, single, walk, walk, single. Now he's given up a run. Okay. That's not good. So now he comes out of the game. And then, Carlos Hernandez comes in. And all Carlos Hernandez does is basically allow the entire 26-man roster of the Detroit Tigers to score a run. So now suddenly the game's 7-3, and that's how the game ends. Yay. How awesome. A, a fantastic day. Immediately reversed. Carlos only got, got one out of his own. Uh, just completely ruined everything. So now Reagan's line is 6.1 innings, 5 hits. Four earned runs, four walks, eight strikeouts, which is still not terrible. Like, it's not that bad of a line, frankly. Even the walks, I'm not super concerned about, given that two of them came in that final inning. So, I mean, I don't know why he unraveled so hard in that seventh inning. I don't know. Maybe he could have been pulled a little bit sooner. Not entirely sure, but I'm not really going to 
throw stones at this idea that he should have been pulled sooner or that he shouldn't have pitched the seventh inning at all. I don't think that's the issue. The issue is that Carlos Hernandez is just freaking awful. Royals Review posted that he had like an 11 ERA since the trade deadline, which is the worst of all relievers in baseball. So that's just fantastic. I was, like I said earlier, anytime I'm optimistic about something, the exact opposite happens. I was saying, hey, um, Carlos Hernandez, I think we can hold on to him. I think he's going to continue pitching in late innings, pitching high leverage situations to close the year, accumulate some saves, just get his numbers up in general. I think that this is a good reliever that we've got for us moving forward. And then we can revisit trade conversations next season around the trade deadline next season after you know he's had a little bit more experience in this role and then just that happens it's like okay cool sure i don't have feelings thanks for uh making me look completely stupid i really appreciate that it's a good thing that this podcast isn't popular enough with the masses otherwise i wouldn't be able to be to live this down i wouldn't hear the end of this so Instead, I have to be my biggest critic. I have to wear this cross. I have to wear this, wear this cross. I have to wear this crown of thorns that I put on myself. But before I uh, fully move on to, to uh, scene anners, I will say Cole Reagans, he ends his season with the Royals, 12 starts and a 2.64 ERA. It could have been as low as like 2.1. Before all those runs were given up in the seventh inning, it was around 2.1. And then 71.2 innings pitched, 50 hits, and uh, 89 strikeouts. 27 walks, which is a bit much, but it still only adds up to a 1.07 whip. So even with the walks even if the walks are going to be an issue he's striking out enough guys and is unhittable enough where it's not that big of a deal he can still maybe be someone like peak Dylan Cease uh peak Blake Snell so i'm not too worried about the control it is a it is a notable issue but not like a a a a breaking issue i suppose um so just fantastic stuff from Cole Reagans in general just a fantastic half season that he had with the Royals all we can do is hope that this will continue on this will carry on into next season because if the Royals need anything right now they need some kind of frontline starter and by some kind of miracle they might have acquired one with Cole Reagans now um, this desk, this desk is not made out of wood, but I'm going to beat the shit out of it right now just to knock on it and, you know, reset whatever I'm saying. Because like I said, anytime I say something, the exact opposite happens. Last season, I was saying Brady Singer is great. Brady, we should extend Brady Singer because he's a super reliable pitcher. I think that he's legit. And then look what happened this season. So um, I will not. What's the word? What's the phrase that I'm looking for? I'm not gonna just. I'm not gonna put any weight into what I'm saying. I'm not gonna believe anything so strongly. I, I'm just kind of speaking on an objective level. I don't. I don't have opinions. Nothing I say on this podcast is an opinion. So don't believe in me. Don't listen to what I'm saying. Close this podcast right now. But back to Carlos Hernandez. Um. <sighs> You know, all I think we can really hope for is that this guy, I I want to just believe, like, maybe best case scenario is that 
what happened with this dude is that the Grand Slam in Boston, the egregious missed call, the missed strikeout call into the Grand Slam, that just, like, broke his mind in half. And hopefully time away from baseball will give him a full mental reset. Like, this dude just needs to relax for a bit in the offseason. That's, like, the only thing I can really hope for is that, that, like, what's what's happened to him is just a mental thing. I think that he can still pitch decently. I don't have any, like, numbers or stats to back it up because the, the quality of the, his pitches themselves have degraded so severely. But just given how good he was in the first half of the season and then how bad he got, basically after that call was made, it's like... All we can really do is just hope that that was some, you know, mental incident that has really set him back on that kind of level and that hopefully it can be fixed just by, you know, rethinking things, just having time to reflect and being able to have, you know, a new strategy, a new approach to everything, you know, coaching, conditioning and and all that kind of stuff. One thing that I am pretty optimistic about with this off season is that we're we're going to have an, an off season. This is going to be the first full off season that we have with our new pitching coaches. And I know some I know that the the pitching development haven't exactly uh bared or bore a lot of fruit this season. The numbers themselves aren't very pretty. Royals have one of the worst pitching stats in all of baseball just as they have for the past few years, but I still believe in like the I still believe in this new coaching staff. I believe in the new philosophies they've been working with. And maybe things haven't gone perfectly for them. I'm not saying that they're above criticism or anything, although I frankly don't have anything to criticize um for them myself, but that doesn't mean criticisms can't exist from others. But anyway, I just think that they haven't had a full season to work with all the pitchers that they have. This whole year and also last year, they were just kind of, they had to work with what they have. And now this season, they have more input as to like, okay, here's like who we think we can actually make better, you know, into a, into a quality MLB pitcher. Here are maybe some guys that, yeah, it doesn't really look like it's working out with them, unfortunately. I just think they'll have more input on pitchers for this offseason and also have more to do with whatever needs to be done with said pitchers. They'll have more of a clear vision of what they need to work on and who they are working with this winter. So I think that I think that the pitching staff is fine, or not the pitching staff, but the, the coaching staff on the pitching side is fine and that it'll be a little bit better next year. Again, let's just, you know, get out the, the bad vibes or whatever because everything I say, the the opposite comes true. Uh, no, actually, uh, the pitching is going to suck. Next season, the Royals are going to report to camp with tw- with uh, like 80 terrible pitchers, and then the team is going to have a 7 ERA, and it's going to be the worst pitching staff of all time. There we go. I am now f- free of uh, any negative consequences because I said the worst. I, I, have, I now have the worst outlook imaginable. I'm making the worst predictions possible so now hopefully the opposite of those will be true all right so um i have too much to say about what's been going on lately i don't even think we've had roster moves or anything i guess the, the one thing i wanted to talk about that i didn't mention last time is that um there were some pretty big pitching changes 
um, on the roster. Uh, Brady Singer was shut down for the season for like arm fatigue or something, which is a little bit weird because that's not something that I thought he ever had a, a, an issue with. It's like like he th- he pitched fewer innings this season and also didn't throw as hard this season. His velocity was down for pretty much the entirety of the season. but now And he always had great arm strength. That was never an issue with him, and suddenly this season he's fatigued. Okay, not sure if I should uh, read into that too much, but that is a little bit weird. Brad Keller, um, he actually came back to the major leagues for a bit, and I feel like he pitched like one inning, and then he was shut down again. Turns out he's got thoracic outlet syndrome. I talked about this. I don't remember when specifically, but whenever around the time uh, Josh Stalmont was diagnosed with that, that suddenly it makes so much sense what has happened with Brad Keller this season. Thoracic outlet syndrome it's a nightmare. It's like, and I, and I talked about this when we talked about Josh Stalmont. Like, it's it's worse than Tommy John, frankly. It's actually like a, a pretty bad chronic condition that is way more difficult to come back from um, compared to Tommy John surgery. Like, like it's it's kind of a career ender in in most cases. And I'm sorry if that sounds like you know exaggeratory or dramatic, but like for real, it is. I think the poster child for this would be like Matt Harvey, not like, and not, and I'm not talking like Matt Harvey when he was with the Royals or whatever. I'm talking Matt Harvey back when he was with the Mets. Like he went from a really, really good pitcher to like nothing basically. And it was kind of because of that. So, I mean, it's not impossible to come back from TOS, um, you know, and still be a quality pitcher. It's just not very likely odds are stacked against him. Really unfortunate for Brad Keller. Hoping the best for this dude because, man, has this dude not had a very fulfilling career being stuck with the Royals for six years. And at the moment you are about to reach free agency, it's like the worst, one of the worst things that can happen to a pitcher happens to this dude. That's just, that's, that just sucks, man. I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say beyond that. So, um, in their places, Jonathan Boland and Anthony Veneziano were called up. Veneziano pitched, uh, he actually pitched on Thursday, I believe, in the second game, pitched four outs scoreless, so that's pretty cool. Um, these are two pitchers that I think have been highly anticipated. Veneziano has pitched pretty well in the minor leagues this season, so he was kind of like the most likely to be called up this season. Um, and he's also, he's also wearing number 69. That's pretty, that's, that's hilarious. So some might say nice even. Um, so yeah, he's pitched a couple of innings has looked all right. Um, nothing really to talk about there though. And Jonathan Bolin is also someone that has been highly anticipated because he's all the way back from that 2019 draft. I think he was like the, the, the second rounder from the, not the 2019 draft, the 2018 draft, the oops, all college pitchers draft from all the way back then so he's still a candidate for someone that can contribute to a major league rotation even if he is already like 27 at this point bit on the older side for a prospect but he's a big guy he's got arm strength doesn't have like super quality pitches but he's expected to he, he was expected to be someone who could be a, like a workhorse pitcher like a back end rotation guy who's just gonna throw six or seven innings and give up four earned runs basically what we expected Jordan Lyles to be that's what Jonathan Boland is supposed to be, or at least that was the expectation for him at some point. So he pitched the first game on a Tuesday or Wednesday or 
the game that was supposed to happen on Wednesday only went a couple of innings, gave up a home run. Yeah, it was all right. Didn't look too bad. Um, and that was all he got. Then Angel Zerpa came in to pitch a couple more innings and uh, didn't look so good. Angel Zerpa has been a big disappointment this season, as have many things been, unfortunately. Uh, we'll continue talking about disappointments after the break uh, as we talk about a uh, fun, exciting team that everybody loves to talk about, the New York Yankees. So I've got to add something to the show real quick. And we're back. Thank you very much for your patience. So the Royals are going to play a three-game series against the New York Yankees at home at Kauffman Stadium to close out the season. I wonder if we're going to get the same usual turnout of Yankees fans because um, Yankees fans, I don't think, want to be Yankees fans right now because they've had one of their worst seasons in recent memory. I was actually thinking they might be under 500 they might post a a below 500 season they might have a losing season for the first time since the 90s uh which would be hilarious because the cardinals have just done that the cardinals haven't had a losing season in a really long time and also the red sox are posing a losing season so this is the first season in a really long time where we don't have either the yankees red sox or cardinals in the postseason what a, what a wonderful time. How awesome. Instead, we have to instead we're only going to get the lesser known teams like the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies. The NL is like normal. It's like the, the National League is like, oh, "Okay, who are the best teams? Braves, Dodgers, Phillies. Okay, cool. All we're missing is either the Cardinals or the Cubs." But in the American League, it's like, "Oh, o- Orioles, Twins, Rays, uh, maybe even the Mariners. That would be pretty cool. Rangers actually would be a surprise playoff team because the Rangers uh, have famously pretty much never been to the playoffs. So that's fun over there. Anyway, Yankees are going to be sitting on their couches or whatever they, they sit on in, in New York. I don't know, their, their penthouse balconies. Yeah, they're 81-77 and 77, uh, unless they lost on Thursday, actually, for... Uh, I didn't check that, did they? Uh, yeah, they actually did lose on on Thursday, so they're eighty-one and seventy-eight. My apologies. So, um, yeah, it would be cool if the if the Royals sweep the Yankees, then not only will the Yankees only be five hundred for the first time in who knows how long, but the the Royals will avoid their franchise worst record. They will finish with a fifty-seven and one hundred five record, as opposed to fifty-six and one hundred six, which is their franchise worst. So, you know. Got to do that again to make sure uh, I, I don't jinx anything or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so on Thursday, or sorry, on Friday today, the Yankees are going to send out maybe one, one of many sources of their problems, guys that they have spent way too much money on, Carlos Rodon. They, someone, you know, brilliant general manager, Brian Cashman, decided that it would be a great idea if he threw $160 million at a pitcher who had thrown more than 150 innings two times in his career, or rather one time in the last seven years. So that's uh, exactly what they did, and it has gone about as well as you would expect, which is to say quite terribly, actually. So he has a 5.74 ERA in 13 starts, 64.1 innings pitched. Wow, turns out the guy who hasn't thrown a whole lot over the la- over in his career in general actually isn't throwing a whole lot. 
and he's making $162 million. That's that's wonderful. That's what the Yankees are dealing with right now. It's like, oh, suddenly they spent a lot of money on guys who are either injured, not aging well, etc. Funny enough, I, I I make fun of Garrett Cole so much, and I've always complained about this dude, and I've always been the I've always been trying to be the Garrett Cole anti. Where I'm like, yeah, this this guy ain't this guy ain't anything. He sucks. He's mid. He he's an overrated pitcher. But you know what? Credit to him. He's actually the guy who's on the Yankees performing up to expectations. Thirty three starts, two point six three ERA. He's probably going to be the Cy Young winner this season for the American League. So, <laughs> egg on my face. Uh, funny enough though, we don't see him in this series. He's done. We're going to see Clark Schmidt on Saturday, who's a guy I believe we faced a while ago. I remember talking about him. He's a first-round pick in 2017. 31 starts, 4.65 ERA. He's he's the true mid-pitcher right there. And then also on Sunday, Michael King, who I remember um, in 2022 being a really, really great reliever because I went to the all three games in the Yankees series at Kauffman yesterday where the Royals lost all three games. Yay. That was a great use of my time and money. Uh, But apparently it looks like they're making him a a bit of a starter because he's made a few starts recently. Eight starts on the year, but 48 appearances overall. 2.5 ERA and 100 innings pitched. So good for him. Cool. Awesome. The Royals are going to send out, um, they're going to, they're going to send out a ghost on Friday because there's no probable pitcher, so I'm just going to assume they're going to just have like some kind of astral projection pitch on Friday, which would be pretty cool. It's a nice little uh, fan event to to witness. Wish I could go to the stadium. Unfortunately, I can't because the last time I tried to do that, I almost died. I didn't almost die. <laughs> Wish I did, though. <laughs> so, that was dark. I'm sorry. On Saturday... Royals are going to send out our everybody's favorite pitcher, my favorite pitcher on the Royals, Jordan Lyles. I love Jordan Lyles because you never know what you're going to get with him. There's this very, very old family guy quote that I think about. It lives rent-free in my head, and it's Stewie saying, you know, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Your life, on the other hand, is more like a box of active grenades! And that's Jordan Lyles right there. Jordan Lyles is a box of active grenades. <laughs> Um, so I'm looking forward to this matchup on Saturday and then on Sunday, you know, who's going to pitch for the Royals. It's going to be 92 year old Zach Greinke, perhaps maybe last game of his entire career. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to speak with such finality on things because, of course, Zach isn't going to come out and say anything, although maybe he will. Maybe he will come out on sun- on Saturday- on Sunday over the weekend and be like, hey, by the way, I'm done after this season. This is it. But I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's in Zach's nature. But he has been uh, kind of speaking almost like he's leaning towards that. Like he hasn't shown a whole lot of. Would enthusiasm be the right word? I mean, I know we're talking about Zach Granke right here, but there are, there have just been some quotes this season where it, it almost looks like he's just kind of done. Like he's acknowledged he's not very good anymore. Thing and it's not it's it, things just aren't going so well for him in general, I suppose. Um, and when he pitched in Detroit, he actually asked for. Uh, the baseball. I think he struck out Miggy. I think he struck out Miggy, and then he asked for the baseball or something. He did something. 
which many kind of interpreted as like, oh, that that's like his retirement present. That's his farewell present, you know, because like Miggy's been on a, a retirement tour across, uh, you know, all of baseball. So every team in the entire sport has been giving him something. I actually, I, I'm stupid. I posted on Twitter a while ago. I was wondering what the Royals would give him because I thought that the, the Detroit series would be in KC. So I thought this would be the last one, but actually no. Although they did do what I expected them to do, which is they gave him like a like, like a picture of him uh, when he clinched the triple crown because that actually happened at Kaufman. So that was like a thing I was reminiscing on. I was like, oh hey, remember that one time he had like the coolest accomplishment ever. And it was at Kaufman, so we were, we cheered for him, and that was a, like a that was a cool bro moment for Casey. So that's what they did. Um, apparently, Granky got something from the Tigers or some or something of the sort. So lots of people are interpreting that as like, oh, this is going to be the last time he ever pitches in Comerica Park. So that kind of speaks for itself. Maybe it'll be the end for him. If not, you know, I I honestly have to say I don't think I want Zach Greinke to come back next season I mean if he if if his season deteriorated in the way it has this season he's got a five ERA I know that in some short stints he has been fine but still it's like we kind of said that last year like we said last year hey Zach Greinke actually had a pretty good season 3.68 ERA and 26 starts like for all intents and purposes he was a solid pitcher for the Royals. So, of course, it made sense to bring him back on another one-year deal. But now, it's like we're trying to say that again. It's like we're kind of moving the goalposts and saying, well, if maybe he's stuck in the bullpen, that could be, you know, a, a decent option. But I'm already looking at this this pitching staff and thinking, well, we already have to deal with Jordan Lyles, who we know is not going to be good. And I doubt the Royals are going to cut him before the season even starts I'm sure they're going to try to make Jordan Lyles usable in some kind of role in some kind of way whether it be in the rotation which I know nobody wants or in the bullpen maybe as like a bulk man or an opener or whatever and it's like that's kind of what we're saying about Zach Granke right now it's and I'm just like I don't I don't really see this working out especially if we're at least trying to be competitive next season. I know the Royals aren't going to like go to the playoffs or anything. This team is in a really bad state right now. But still, if we're going to at least try to put on the air of competitiveness and say, hey, like we're a lot more serious about winning this time around in 2024, we're going to be we're going to be fielding out the best roster we think we can field given our resources and given what we already have to work with. You know, like, like, why spend, let's say, $5 million? I don't know how much he'd actually be worth if he actually went to free agency. I'll, I'll say $5 million. He got $8 million plus incentives for this season. So given that he had a 5 ERA, I'm going to reduce that. Let's let's say $6 million, Six to $7 million for Zach Greinke on a one-year deal. Let's say it's that. Okay? I feel like I'm being a little bit generous. I'd rather just put that money into a, a, an actually solid reliever. Like, why not do that? That's going to be more valuable than Zach Greinke. And I know that he's super close to 3,000 strikeouts. Look what happened to Adam Wainwright. He was re-signed, and I don't—the Cardinals can't be blamed for re-signing Adam Wainwright. He was a solid pitcher last season. He pitched 30 starts, 32 starts, had a a below-4 ERA. He was a good starter last year, and he was five wins away from 200 wins. So, of course, it was a no-brainer. They're like, all right, we're going to bring him back, and he's going to get his 200th win. He posted a 7.4 
ERA in 21 starts. He was far and away the worst pitcher. And it's totally unfair to say that he's responsible for the Cardinals having such a bad season. Obviously, that's not true. But still, it certainly didn't help them. It's like, okay, cool, he got to 200 wins. Good for him. At what cost, though? Like, look how difficult it was for him to just do that much, even though it seemed so easy. He was already so close to it. I really don't want that to happen to Zach Greinke. That's kind of my take on this. I'm going to go into this offseason. I'm, I'm going to have my own opinions of what the Royals should do in 2024 with the expectation that we're going to be actively improving this team, that we're going to be doing everything we realistically can do to improve this team. And I don't think re-signing Zach Renke is just on that list. I'm, I'm sorry. No disrespect to anybody. But I, I think it's time to move on. I think it's time to let go, so to speak. By the way, last thing with this Yankees series in the last three games, hopefully we will see the one thing that everybody truly wants to see within the Royals fandom, Bobby Witt Jr. completing a 30-50 season. Or is it a 50-30 season? I'm actually not entirely sure what the order of this is supposed to be. But Bobby Wood Jr. is one home run away from 30 home runs. He is two stolen bases away from 50 stolen bases. Both of these are very doable. Although, he's been at 29 home runs for, I feel like, two weeks at this point. So, it, it, it's it's kind of feeling like that, uh, like, um... It actually kind of feels all the way, going all the way back to the, the Moose Watch from 2017 when he was like tied with Steve Balboni at 35 or so home runs for like a month, it felt like. Um, and then finally he got over that. But also Salvi, he got to 48 home runs and I think worth like one or two weeks left of the season. And everybody's like, oh my God, Salvi's going to reach 50. He's going to be the first 50 home run hitter for the Royals. He's going to break this record. Uh, he's going to break the home run record that Solaire set, and then he stayed at 48. And he really tried. He went to the he went to the plate every single time, trying as hard as he could, as desperately as he could, to hit that 49th home run, and it just didn't happen. Hopefully, Bobby can get it done in this series, this final series. Um, I I forgot to mention with the Tigers that the Tigers. In a small way, kind of clowned on us a little bit because Spencer Torkelson hit his 30th home run of the season, which was like the the first 30 home run season a Tiger has had in a long time, I think. Um, and you know that that is kind of that is a little bit more egg on my face because I've used Torque as a negative comparison to Bobby Wood Jr. whenever people have complained about Bobby, whenever they've called him like a bust or whatever. It's like, okay, I understand that Bobby at this point isn't Adley Rutschman. He's not Julio Rodriguez. He's not as good as maybe as some of the other super exciting young rookies, but also he's not as bad as Spencer Torkelson, who was drafted first overall, specifically based on how good of a hitter he was. And then he comes to the major leagues and can't hit. Okay, that's cool. Uh, but then, then he hit, he has 30 home runs this season. So, good for him. Funny enough, I mean, he, his OPS Plus is still worse than Bobby Wood Jr., so it's not like he's 
like a better player suddenly or anything like like he he mashes he also plays first base and even then hasn't had like a a slam dunk amazing offensive season but he's putting it together so shout out to him respect and i guess that's one point in his favor and in the tigers favor they got their 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 super hype prospect got to 30 home runs before ours did so womp womp if bobby wood jr doesn't reach 30 or 50 then uh he'll only finish the season with you know tw- if, if, if his season ends right now he'll only finish with 29 home runs and only 48 stolen bases and only a 5.5 for war or if you're using baseball reference he'll end with 4.4 but war wow what a bum so disappointing what a what a total bust of a prospect and how old is he 23 that's 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 not impressive when i was 23 i oh god what was i doing when i was 23 i don't want to talk about it you know what i'm gonna end the podcast right now stop listening to this but for real though thanks for listening to the royal deluxe podcast that is gonna do it for today i'm out of things to talk about i'm actually kind of amazed we got like 40 minutes of discussion i i thought i thought i was gonna sit here and have like 20 minutes of stuff to say so awesome if you enjoyed this would appreciate it if you rated it and reviewed it on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on that would help me out a whole lot and you can also subscribe to it so that whatever podcasts are uploaded will be sent directly to you so that you don't miss anything dumb that i have to say let me let me do this again so that you know get all the bad vibes out okay hopefully we'll end the season strong with that i'll stop i'll stop i'll stop having opinions at Royal Deluxe Pod, that's the Twixer podcast account, and also at the MF and Casey, that's my own personal Twixer account. That's where you can follow me for all other kinds of stuff and baseball commentary occasionally, or football commentary perhaps. Although football commentary in Casey is more like Taylor Swift commentary, which is unfortunately not something. I I'm not very well versed in football. I'm even less well versed in Taylor Swift, so. I don't know. Fun time to be me, I guess. And any further inquiries can be sent to Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you whatever you had to say about this show, about me, or anything in general. I appreciate your time. But if you don't do any of that, you know what? No hard feelings. I love you all the same. Thank you very much for making the Royal Deluxe Podcast a part of your day. And I hope you're having a good one. Hope we all have a hope you all have a good weekend. I hope I have a good weekend, too. That's why, that was, that's why I was trying to say we all for a second. I'll see you on Monday, the last time this season. Until then, go Royals! <laughs>